You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Fully Occupied podcast. I am Lauren Barr, the VP of Finance at Occupier, and I'm excited to sit down with Coleman Edwards, Senior Director of Technology at Council, an outsourced finance and HR company. At Council, Coleman manages the implementation team, including the third party software implementations. He assists all customers reviewing and evaluating software technology to streamline and automate back office processes. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Occupied Podcast, where today's topic is how to select the right software vendor for your firm. We have Coleman Edwards from Council here with us today. Welcome, Coleman. I'm so excited that you're here with us. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here with you as well. Yes, yes. Before we dive into the topic, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Coleman Edwards. I'm the Senior Director of Technology at Council. Council supports uh, finance, accounting, and HR solutions for venture-backed startups. I run the implementation team. The implementation team brings uh, new clients onto Council. We put them onto our tech st- stack. Uh, we bring them through the first month and close, and then we hand them off to ongoing consultants after that. I also help manage the technology solutions for internal Council as well as our clients. So as we're discussing on this podcast, the tech tech solutions, uh, the tools, all the different um, areas that clients need between accounting, HR, and finance. Wow. So that seems like a whole hoist of responsibilities between... (laughs) Customers' responsibilities, internal responsibilities, but even looking at your customers, they have all different industries, sizes. Even if you're all back early stage venture backed, you yes. still can have a lot of different accounting needs, HR needs, and therefore yielding different softwares. Yep. Yeah, it's all over the board, but we work with so many clients and have seen so many different uh, solutions and find kind of the best in class tools that can work. Uh, Get up to speed on those tools to be able to help, you know, bring our clients up to speed a lot quicker. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, that's why I'm excited to have you here today. So speaking of software selections, how do you got, how do your customers or clients typically approach even assessing if they need a software? More and more the clients, it, the, the question isn't if they need software, it's which software do they need? I think in this new environment of remote work, hybrid, hybrid work environments, it's not, you know, on-premise software is just not a thing anymore. Everything's moved to the cloud and with new software technologies, automation is coming into place. So it's not a question of if, but which software we need. So uh, clients will come to Council and we put them on NetSuite. That's our bread and butter. That's the backbone of our tech stack. So really one of the first things that I help look into is does that software uh, integrate with NetSuite? 
you know, automation yeah. and integration is key. Yeah, definitely. So even thinking about the remote workforce, in addition to this wave of digital transformation, I feel like I've been hearing about digital transformation for maybe the past six or seven years at every single role, right? And so in the age of this digital transformation, forcing finance teams to move ahead, how have your clients been leveraging software more, if at all? It seems like you need a software. It's not, it's not what software, it's you know, which one. Yeah, exactly. I think if, you, if an accounting team is still doing the same processes they were doing five, 10 years ago, they're already left behind. The accounting, the software solutions in the accounting and finance field have come so far in the past five years, like you mentioned, uh, between automation, between um, automation and uh, integrations with all of the other the platforms that we use. So if you're, if you're still doing the same thing five years ago, you're already behind. Um, utilizing the best-in-class software today is going to help speed up uh, your closed process, which is very important. It improves accuracy too. Less, less hands and less touches trying to get the data from one system into your ERP or your accounting system is only prone to error. So being able right. to have direct integrations from the softwares you choose between uh, payable solutions, expense reporting, um, order to cash, so revenue solutions. The more you have to actually manually take data and import or manipulate then import, uh, the more prone to uh, errors, issues that might come into there. So automation is, again, I can always stress automation because that really is the future of uh, this industry. Yeah, Totally, totally. Uh, I love what you said about if you're doing the same things that you were five years ago, it's already too late. It's so, so true that there's so many vendors coming out into the out from the weeds now that, you know, if you're doing something manually right now, chances are there's a much better software that can do it more efficiently and effectively and reduce the risk of error. Yes. So I love, love that. So now that we've established that software can help all finance teams, what are the typical steps in a vendor selection process that you go through? Uh, first starts with just determining the business requirements needed for that tool that we're discussing. So starting to build a list of uh, must and haves versus uh, would, would be nice to haves. So knowing exactly what you need to have for this solution to work is going to be key. And to make sure that when you're going through the vendor selection, uh, going through demos, that it checks all of those boxes. If it doesn't check all of the need to haves, then you have to move on to the next vendor. Um, And again, if it does have the nice to haves and stuff you want, then that's even uh, kind of a bonus on top. Next is really just determining and researching what are the best uh, best in class vendors out there. So there's a couple different ways to do that that I, I go through. One, just Google searches. Uh, the other way is to actually go to the uh, conferences of the ERPs or any uh, digital uh, any conferences out there. 
Um, again, we use NetSuite as our backbone. So visiting the Suite World, NetSuite's annual conference is a great place where they have a huge expo hall of all the third-party vendors that are uh, uh, have suite apps that connect directly into NetSuite. So you know they have the integration. So you can walk around. They have hundreds of vendors there that we go and talk to every single year, um, get demo, quick demos there, but then really we do follow-ups after we get back from Sweet World. Um, I also just word of mouth from other clients or if we've used it before uh, is the other option. So then determining, I really like to kind of look into narrowing it down to three options that could be a choice uh, for that, again, for that business process. Then next is just reaching out to those vendors uh, and just discussing with them, does the need to haves of what our requirements work? So my what I usually like to do is the sales teams are really great. They'll promise, think they can do everything. Every, <laughs> yep. you know, everybody can do everything. Uh, but what I always request is getting an actual sales engineer who knows the system, who's in the system every day and knows the flags, what how it can and can't work. Uh, it's really important to know that, OK, this is what I needed to do. But how does it actually get to that place? If there are, you know, what you think should be like a simple one, two, three steps. But in, in reality of the tool, it takes six, seven, eight step, steps instead. That's not saving you time. So maybe that's not going to be the best tool. Um, and that's where really getting a demo and having them show you exactly this is where, where the info we have and this is what we needed to do. And have them show you from start to finish what the, that actual process is. And if it's at all possible from those tools to get a demo environment yourself so you can play around with it. And that's where um, I'm really good at getting in a software and just understanding it and going through all the settings, seeing how things move and work, how you enter data, uh, the data that gets outputted, the reporting needs from it as well. So I like to get in as if at all possible and really look into the software in a demo environment. And then if all those requirements are met, then you kind of, you know, if there's two, one or two or three, if there's two or three different softwares that meet all the criterias, then it really comes down to functionality, which one works best versus cost as well. Yeah, definitely. I love the idea of going to uh, the NetSuite conference and just seeing what's out there all the time because yeah. there are constantly softwares coming up that could be beneficial. Uh, how long, on average, do you think it takes for a software provider to be selected? I know it probably changes based on the magnitude of the software uh, that's going to come in and solve, like, maybe picking your payroll provider or your quote to cash payroll or your provider for that process, maybe yeah. slightly different than, I don't know, maybe a, like a less material process. Yeah. Again, it really depends on the process that you're doing. If, you know, with payroll providers, we work with so many payroll providers and we know what's best uh, for our clients, our venture back clients. We know what pay payroll providers are going to be, can work and that we will, uh, you know, guide our clients to. Yeah. Yeah. So 
getting to the yes that you're going to go with a particular software vendor and going through that decision, what do you think are the most critical considerations for your clients? Uh, some of the most critical considerations are the functionality. Does it, again, does it actually do what we need it to do? Does it do it well? And uh, what are the automation processes within there to help reduce human time? So if it's going to, you know, cut the um, AP down from, you know, 50 hours a week to 30, then you know that's going to be a good return on investment. So the ROI is going to, you know, be beneficial in that case. Yeah. Uh, cost also. So cost, like I mentioned before, cost versus ROI. If it's way too expensive, you know, right now a lot of companies are um, with this um, economic environment are kind of tightening their belts a little bit. They're trying to cut some more frivolous spending. They want to ensure that what they're purchasing is going to uh, have a return. So ensuring that what they are spending on is going to save, uh, you know, human hours or, um, again, accuracy. I think that's another uh, area. Um, also, understanding the implementation process. Uh, some yeah. some tools have allow you or Council as partners to do the implementations. Uh, so we have access once they spin up the account. We can actually just go in there and complete the implementation. Or a lot of uh, some client uh, some vendors need the uh, have internal implementation teams that go through. So you have to actually have an you have an implementation plan go through all the different calls, uh, and then they work on the actual implementation. So kind of understanding who manages the implementation as well. Uh, and then support, like what support does that tool have if you have any issues? Having a good support contact um, or just the support system that the tool has is uh, pretty important just to make sure you're not down for days to weeks because they can't fix an issue and you're not getting the, uh, the help you need. Yeah, totally, totally. It all makes sense. So what are some of your burning questions you must ask every vendor during the selection process? Uh, probably how does that integrate? And then what is the outcome within your ERP and what transaction type it's using? Uh, if you expect it to be a... Um, a vendor bill, but it's sending a journal entry. That's not what you want it to do within your uh, ERP. If it needs to be a, a vendor bill, you want it to see that so you can actually use the AP aging. Otherwise, you know, if it's a journal entry, it just might not, uh, the reporting might not be the best in that case. So integrations are, are key. I also ask for the uh, roadmap, have them present the roadmap. You really want to understand where the client is now and what they have now and where they're headed in the future. What features, what other information might be there in the future? Um, also, you know, a lot of vendors, because I work with a ton of vendors and a lot of tools out there, I, you know, I'm really great at, you know, working with the vendors and taking a look at their tools, giving them suggestions and say, you know, really, I think you would need to, you know, utilize this, this or that. And 
hoping that they would be able to put that in the roadmap and understanding the, the needs for those. Um, and then yeah. again, burning questions is just, again, the understanding the implementation process, uh, just to know who's, who's going to be responsible uh, and how long it might take. Yeah, that's a great point on the product roadmap, too, because once you do all of this work, selecting the vendor, then implementing the vendor, you really want to make it a long term relationship of yes. where they're going with their product versus you know, where we're at today may be a little bit behind. But if in the future, this is where we're trending to go as a company, it may make sense to you know take a little downgrade today for a better tomorrow. Yes. And, and that'll help better determine if it can scale with you as your company scales. Yeah. So as you definitely. grow, you want this vendor to be able to accommodate that growth and not yeah. get stuck where you have to then re-implement later. And once you're oh, at right. that point, if you have to re-implement off a tool, your business processes are already fairly large, a lot going on, and it's a lot harder, more costly, and uh, takes a lot longer to re-implement. Yeah. Definitely. So last questions before we go into the fast questions. What are the red flags to watch out for before selecting a vendor? Overpromising. Like I say, using a salesman, they will overpromise and, you know, say their tool does everything. But until you actually get in there and see how it works, that's what will actually determine if it does work properly or not. Right. Uh, I can't tell you enough times where I've said, okay, you know, does this process work this way? And they say yes, but then we actually get into the tool and, you know, there's an additional four steps that we have to do. So it's not saving time. It's not the most smooth. Uh, and then if the functionality is not there, it's just harder for our team, the client's team to use that product. Uh, and that's where most of the uh, issues come in where, you know, people start complaining and possibly need to start looking at uh, another tool. Yeah. Well, I think that's why your question on, or not your point on bringing in a solutions engineer, always bring in the person that knows the software the best to start asking those more critical, detailed questions. I think it's a great point. Yeah. Well, you ready for the rapid fire questions? Yes. <laughs> I haven't even read these yet, so I'm excited to be reading them for the first time right now for you. Uh, what's your favorite weekend activity? Favorite weekend activity? Um, winter time, I love snowboarding. I love getting out to the mountains. Uh, Tahoe's only about an hour and a half away from me, so that's one of my favorites. Throughout the rest of the year, I love uh, cooking, barbecuing outside, uh, smoking meats, and making pizza. So uh, it's probably my favorite weekend activities. Gosh, that sounds amazing. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower? Uh, I would probably say the ability to just instantly learn anything. Similar to, uh, probably similar to, you know, the Matrix where they just, you know, plug in a situation <laughs> or something and then all of a sudden you just know that. I, that. I think I'm very curious by nature, so I'm always wanting to learn and research, but if I can just instantly, you know, figure yeah, that out or know, that would be, uh, that would be 
what I'd like. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say if I could instantly implement softwares. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe that'll give me the, uh, the ability to do that if I, I, I knew everything about it instantly. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you weren't implementing software solutions, maybe if you had that superpower, what would you be doing? If I wasn't doing accounting and uh, software implementations, I'd probably be building something. I like to build things. I've done lots of furniture builds around my house and house projects. So I'd probably be doing something with my hands building. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, What do you wish you would have learned sooner? Learn sooner. Uh, Probably that a role like mine actually exists. I think it's very hard to actually find uh, people for this implementation type role. Um, It's a great balance between accounting and uh, software. So, you know, combining that and being able to get into the software, but also needing to to know the accounting behind it so um, you can set it up properly. Just not know. I didn't really know that until, uh, you know, I came to Council and, and found that. So I wish if I knew it earlier, I would have started focusing on that uh, sooner. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. The roles that were made available, at least when I was in college, it was always kind of go be an auditor and just do that yeah. and then go do something else. You. There's so many other roles out here for finance and accounting professionals. Yeah, now days. they have actually degrees in finance uh, systems. So, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay, last rapid fire question Who are two people we should invite on the next podcast? Two people. Um, I'd have to say uh, the county's founder, Martini. She is super smart, uh, has, you know, a lot of knowledge around the tech startups in, in Silicon Valley in general. Uh, she has a lot of great information. And say her um, next person uh, probably would be Alexander Hagrup from, uh, he's like co-founder and CEO of Vic AI. It's a great AP um, automation tool using artificial intelligence. Um, you know, again, Automation is key, and I think they're going to be at the forefront. Awesome. Well, we will have to get in contact with both of them. Yes, please. Uh, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Coleman. I'm sure our listeners loved hearing about how to go about their software selection process. I know I certainly learned a few tidbits from you today as well, and so I greatly appreciate you being on the show with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a great experience.